I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi guys, thank you for tuning in to what's going to be really an epic conversation. It's going to be so empowering for you today. My friend joining me from one of my happy places in the whole wide world from Seattle Revival Center. If you guys haven't visited there, I totally recommend it. If you want to have an encounter with Jesus and feel his presence and get completely blasted and recharged and filled with wisdom and definitely make a trip there. So my friend joining me today is the senior pastor of Seattle Revival Center. He's also, I'm going to get this right to honor him. He's also the president of Renaissance Coalition, which was originally founded by John G. Lake. He's the founder of Supernaturalist Ministries. He's an author. He's a podcaster, radio show host, and also now a television host. And in, in everything he's doing, his passion is to raise up future generations of gospel-centered, supernaturally empowered revivalists and reformists to see society completely transformed. So you're going to hear more about this today. Anyways, it's an absolute joy and it's my honor to welcome into the conversation again, Darren Start. Darren, welcome. Wow, Liz Wright. That was amazing. I'm going to record that introduction and give it to churches when I get to go to other churches. And they're just going to hit play on that. Uh, amazing. It's such an honor to be back on your podcast, which is just incredible. I I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. Your new show on God TV. I'm just I'm just cheering you on. It's such an honor to be able to call you a friend. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I know we've got a really similar passion, right, just from the Lord's heart to get the truth out, capture his presence through media and get the truth of the pure, undiluted gospel of power and grace right out across the nations to strengthen the body of Christ at such an important time. You know, it's our it's our watch, isn't it? And so I know you're doing that. You're just powering into people, helping people operate governmentally and authentically. You know, but there's, I wanted to jump off, Darren, quote, quoting you. You said, and this is kind of where I wanted the conversation to start, and then we'll just see where Holy Spirit takes us. But you said, family is God's strategy for the restoration of the earth. And I just thought, it's the truth. It's so powerful, that statement, because I know the Lord's been speaking to you a lot about family and about restoration. So can we start there? Will you talk to us a little bit more about what the Lord's been showing you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for everybody listening, what we all have in common is that we are all a part of a family. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're all from great families, but we all come from uh, a family. And I think that to a great degree, we're we are where we are at in our lives because of our families um, and uh, because of our church family. Now, that could be good. That could be awesome. Um, it also could be not so good. Uh, I think that in America, we tend to think that we are who we are because of the choices that we make, because of the uh, incredible, individualistic, independent choices that we make. Uh, but the truth is, is that we are really are where we are at because of the communities that we've been a part of or the families that we've been uh, a part of. And so we've been on this journey here in Seattle 
where we're actually going through a name change. And we're going from uh, Seattle Revival Center and we're changing our name to Eden. And so, I, yeah. And so, love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you say, well, why? <laughs> why would you do that? We love the name Seattle Revival Center. And the reason why is um, that the Lord has given to us what we are calling our Edenic mandate, which we are saying yes to, which is to go into bring restoration to restore cities and nations with the power and love of Jesus Christ. And people say, well, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge kind of statement. That's kind of presumptuous. Well, how, how are you going to do that? And we believe that a huge part of this is going to be from going from an event mentality to a family uh, mentality. You know, we host a lot of great events here in Seattle and, and then other people do as well. And so many times I've, I've been like, man, that was a great event. <laughs> Right. Uh, and yet I think that where change begins to get catalyzed is when we realize that we are a people that are knit together by blood. And that's what a family is. A, a, a fa- that's that place where I didn't just choose you to be my friend because you're into the same hobbies and interests as me. It's that place where there are times that maybe we aren't even necessarily getting along and yet we are connected by DNA. And I think that this is a revelation, a long-term revelation that the Lord is beginning to roll out into his bride. And that is that we are not all these individual streams, um, uh, independent and, and disconnected from each other, but with a similar ethos that binds us. No, we are actually knit together by a royal bloodline, by royal DNA. And I think when we begin to see that, there's going to begin to be a supernatural collaboration that Jesus prayed for in John 17 that I don't think we have seen since perhaps maybe the book of Acts. Yeah, I completely agree, Darren. There's so many things that you've just said that the Lord's given me revelation on as well, you know, and so I was just literally listening to you going, yeah, this is the vision Holy Spirit's putting in front of us now, isn't he? We're beginning to really, truly understand who we are at a different level. And I just think it, it is, it's Jesus getting his dream, isn't it? That, that we would know that we are one. We are one with each other holy, one with each other, filled with Holy Spirit, same spirit inside of all of us, uniting us. And I think this is where we're going to start to see unprecedented levels of power and authority flowing from our yielded lives as we're loving Jesus, loving one another. And from that foundational perspective of recognizing we truly are family. We truly are family. No, I I fully agree. And also Eden, I love it. Of course, bliss, right? The house of bliss. (laughs) Bliss, pleasure. uh, It it even means rest. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're excited. You know, when we were studying Eden, kind of this statement was birthed and and I began to just kind of say it every week and it's, and it's, and it's begin to kind of take root. And it's since the very beginning, all God has ever wanted was a home. And since the beginning, all God has ever wanted was a family. And you see that throughout the, I think that that family is the thread that ties all of the scriptures together. I think that we've uh, had this uh, wonderful statement of gospel centeredness, right? Which is this idea of good news centeredness and, and the centrality of, of, of Christ, which is wonderful. Um, but it's a little, I, I think, overused in, 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 in the church. And then if we actually listen to what Jesus said he, uh, to Nicodemus, and this is fascinating, when he said, for God so loved the world 
that he sent a son, his son, his only, he sent family, right? And even just before Jesus um, went flying up into the clouds, he says, I'm going to make a home for you. So, so even with Abraham and I, this incredible prophetic word of Abraham, I'm going to rescue the earth through you. And I think a lot of us would think, oh, that's a prophetic word for me. Yeah, here I go. Look, look at what I can do. But it really, it really wasn't. It was, it was about him and his descendants. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that could be listening to this today and they got these big epic uh, prophetic words. And, and we're thinking, how am I going to do this? I'm, I'm already in my 40s. I'm, I'm in my 60s, 70s. I'm in my 80s. I got these words. How does this, how does this play out? How am I going to do all of this? And I think that we are reminded, yes, that this is a word for you. Absolutely. But it's a word that you grab a hold of and you steward. And then it gets implemented. And these seeds begin to germinate through your descendants and through your spiritual descendants. And all of a sudden, we begin to get a long-term trajectory. Uh, yeah. For what God is about to do, so that's a little bit of. Sorry, I'm kind of uh, all over the map here, but that's it's, a little it's bit. Brilliant. Of what the Lord is stirring up in yeah, us. Yeah, no, it's it's really brilliant. We're getting more of the divine perspective regarding family, hey. So, and what we're supposed to look like, who we actually are, so that we can come back into agreement and realign and live our authentic expression, you know, and together. Yeah, it is growing more and more, isn't it? I know when I'm traveling and when I'm speaking to people you know, and we get communications in from you guys around the world, there is definitely a deeper understanding and connection that we're having with each other where we truly are re- realizing and desiring to be family and to step out of that isolation and separateness, you know, and I think the more that sense of separateness from God is leaving our experience as well, and we're living more sensitized on the inside to our union you know that's affecting things because we're realizing we're living and moving and having our being in god we're we're learning more and more now to how to reset and be filled again with his spirit filled with love and then connected to one another recognizing his spirit is in each one of us we are all his home all holy ground you know just it's profound and i guess as well you know to your point when i was reading on from some of the stuff that you were you were while well, i was reading that you were writing some of your revelation um there's been a lot of oppression. You know, one of the things that you said was also that family is God's secret weapon and the enemy's biggest biggest target, right? So, and I'm sure lots of you out there will will witness to this. There has been a lot of attack against family, against marriages, and trying to break and divide family and fam- body family, dividing denomination from denomination. Will you just speak into that a little bit because it's that's really relevant. Yeah, so if you think about it in, in the terms that if, if family is God's secret weapon, mm-hmm. going all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, going all the way back to, to Yeshua, and then going all the way into the future where um, where home comes back, where, where we see the return of Eden, Eden 2.0, the, the, the heavenly Jerusalem. You know, a lot of people, I think, are waiting to... To, to go up but at the end of the book heaven comes down home comes down paradise and bliss come down so if this is if this is the the strategy and in divine blueprint if i if i'm if, if if we're correct in this then it's safe to assume that perhaps the enemy is also aware of this that this isn't really a great secret in the spirit realm um but that we have been somewhat naive within the church to see the significance of the family 
And so I think to a great degree, the spirit world is far more aware of the of the influence of the family. And because of this, this is why we are seeing such an attack on the family. It's interesting. There was a gal by the name of Alice Bailey, who is credited to being the, the founder of the New Age movement. And she uh, passed away back in 1949. And she chartered a 10-point charter uh, for her strategize to de-Christianize uh, the U.S., uh, the United States. And her whole ethos was built around a systematic attack against family uh, by using uh, education, uh, media. Uh, her first point of her charter was to take God and prayer out of the education system. Uh, the second point on her charter is to reduce parental authority over children. Um, all, the, all the way going to the sixth point on her charter was to make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. And she was born in uh, 1880. And so you you begin to see this very systematic, strategic, demonic strategy that didn't ultimately come from Alice Bailey. She's she's not ultimately the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we begin to see that there are things that are growing within our culture right now uh, from seeds that were planted in previous generations. And so all of a sudden, once we begin to see this, we begin to wake up to the significance of who our children are. And all of a sudden, we begin to realize that we should not be hiring babysitters for our kids. Like that, that in, the, in the church, we should not be doing babysitting. We should be doing systematic theology. We should be doing schools of the spirit, that we should be doing everything possible to take everything that we know and to impart it into our children, to get them up to speed as quickly as possible. And so I think that there's a massive shift coming into the church as we begin to see that the Lord wants to unfold something on the earth, and it might actually take some time, and that we're going to have to stop thinking, you know, in America, we think in terms of four-year cycles. So we only really think out about four years out. Because mm -hmm. we think in terms of four-year political cycles. Right. And it, so eight eight years max. But the Chinese don't think that way. You know, the, the Chinese, they have a long-term systematic um, uh, strategy for their nation. And I think it's time within the kingdom of God that we break out of this very, very, very limited political perspective. Or we're thinking in, in terms of four years at a time. And we need to, what if we begin to think a hundred years out? What yeah. if we begin to dream, Lord, what would you, what should the earth look like in a hundred years from now? And all of a sudden we we go from this shift of of trying to get out of here, bunkering down, right, with some top ramen and and diet coke. <laughs> and, hey, we just need to bunker down because this place is gonna get more and more evil, and then we're gonna get sucked off this hell rock, right? Two. What if it was our responsibility as the church to good news the entire earth, to good news every person and every nation 
And what if it was our role? And what if there was a great mandate? What if there was a great commission? What if Jesus said, go? What if, what if there was this Edenic mandate to be fruitful and to multiply and to subdue the earth, to take the earth? And what if we could convince people that the devil was not their father, but that their real daddy is Yahweh Elohim, the, the mighty God who is worthy to be worshipped, and that, that they have been saved by the blood of the lamb, that they are in the family of God and to repent and to run to him and to be loved by him. Like, what if we could begin to prepare the earth for the re-entry of our father and the re-entry of our home? And this is what I think uh, the Lord wants to establish within the church is, is, is this idea of this ain't my home. I'm just passing through. Like, like you're right. Yeah. Like this isn't our home, but one day it will be that we will rule and reign with Yeshua on the restored earth. Yeah, that is amazing. That is wonderful. Yeah. So, um, uh, I love like your passion in this hour. Yes, it's wonderful. It's I can feel your passion, and I could actually. I was starting to feel really wrecked while you were speaking because this is the truth, isn't it? This is the plan. It's the dream in Jesus' heart. I love what you said. What if we prepare the planet for our fathers for the reentry of our father? his return oh that's so emotional oh my gosh oh my gosh that is the future you know i remember darren um a couple of years ago now jesus said to me one day the future's bright you know because we co-create it together oh, wow. and it just <laughs> wow. me. and i went and started to look at you know my eschatology slightly differently through a different lens began to just read the scriptures again it's like oh my gosh what do I actually believe here? You know, what is what is our mandate? How do we posture ourselves? How do we cooperate with heaven's strategy, right? Begin to implement decisions here that reflect and move towards that ultimate achievement, which is Eden on earth again, right? The full restoration of all things. I just love it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what you've learned is... Um, really helpful tools for doing family supernaturally really well and beginning to you know position ourselves for advancement yeah so, such a such a great question um well uh, we have a good friend uh robert hodgkin uh who is mm -hmm. with uh, patricia king and he yeah. wrote an incredible book that i would highly recommend called the battle for the soul and um and in his book he make, makes a very interesting statement says that every weapon formed against us that every form of spiritual warfare whether it's against our physical bodies or against our spirit that it's that it's it's always an attack against our soul to cripple our mind our will and our emotions and yeah. and, and i and i believe that yes but i actually think it's it's actually a little bit more uh sidious a little more evil than that and i think that the that the reason why these attacks are framed against our soul is so that we are incapable of connection Agreed. Yeah. So if I am incapable of trust, then I will be incapable of receiving feedback and I will be incapable of conflict. And if I'm incapable of walking through conflict, then I'm incapable of, of having an intimate relationship with anybody. Yeah. So I think all of a sudden we begin to realize, wow, this attack against my flesh this attack against my body is an attack against my emotions which is a strategy from the enemy to get me to isolate so that i will not trust anybody 
so that I can't be loved by anybody and so that I can't love anybody. So I think that a great place for us to start is to invite Holy Spirit to come and to search our hearts and to show us any areas of hard heartedness or any areas of of bitterness or any areas of unforgiveness and that we can begin uh, there, that we can begin with, Lord, just show me any any part of my heart that I've closed off where I didn't process. And this is my story. Um, I went through great woundedness in my past and then my brokenness turned into bitterness and my bitterness brought me to the place where I wanted nothing to do with the family of God. I never denied God. I always believed in him, but I was done with his with his family. And I realize now all of these attacks against my teenage years and coming into being a young man, all of this was an attack against my identity as a son in the house of, of the father and in my role, my destiny in being an ambassador of reconciliation. So if we can begin with forgiveness and just inviting if the Holy Spirit to come, we, we could say, oh, I, I worked through that. I'm, I, I'm healed. I'm whatever. Well, you know, if that's true by looking at where you're at now, Mm-hmm. Are you connected? Yeah. Are you are you receiving honest feedback? Are you loving others? Are you encouraging? Uh, are you tight knit into some form of, of family, your own biological family, maybe, or maybe it's a church family. It's, the, the, you know, but if not, if you're finding yourself isolated then then and, and disconnected, then, then please don't say you're healed. Please don't say that you've worked through that because the fruit of your own uh, of, of, the, of your own repentance there isn't necessarily there. And this is, you know, a lot of people say that the Lord's prayers when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, like it's like the sound of music moment where they're like, Jesus, we don't know how to sing, you know, and he's like, oh, father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, like a lot of people think that that's the Lord's prayer. You know, it's an awesome prayer, but the Lord's prayer is really when we get to be exposed to that vulnerable moment when Jesus is crying out to his father and saying, father, in the same way that we are united, that we are one, I pray, this is me praying. And we we get to receive this prayer. We get to listen in on such a vulnerable moment between a son and his father saying, I pray that they, your people, your family would be one just as we are one. Yeah, profound, profound. And I just want, I want to ask you just in finishing, will you pray just for what you just shared then so that, yeah, you guys, if this is your need right now, this is a reset moment. So just receive it. It's a holy moment where you can just reorder your internal world again. Holy Spirit, pull back into divine perspective, back into alignment to move forward victoriously from here. Come out from under the warfare, come out from whatever has been keeping you isolated and separated in that sense of separateness and unable to really flourish and fly. And the Lord wants, he's bringing freedom. Hey, he's bringing freedom right now, purity of heart. Just the the ways of his heart understood more comprehensively by us, just profound. Would you pray? Yeah, absolutely. So, Father, I thank you for every um, son and every daughter that is listening um, right now. <clears throat> and Father, I just pray for just a revelation that they would receive the your perspective of how they are honored in heaven and in the heavens of, of heavens. And Father, I pray that every son and daughter would, would have a revelation, would have an awakening of their of their royal bloodline, that they would see that they are so connected on the earth and they are so connected in heaven and that they would see that they have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, that they would be enabled by your grace to truly begin to 
forgive those who have transgressed them, to release people of judgment, and that through that release and through that forgiveness, Lord, that there would be an authority that begins to flow. Lord, that there would be roots that would begin to go down very, very, very deep. And Lord, that from this place, from this revelation of, of the family of God, would come forth an empowerment where your dreams and your desires that you've embedded within their hearts, that they would begin to flourish and that people would begin to see these divine dreams uh, become a reality in and through them, as well as through their descendants, through their sons and their daughters, through their spiritual sons, through their spiritual daughters, that through that through community, there'd be a flourishing and a transformation that would be unprecedented. And Lord, I pray these things, Lord, all for your wonderful glory, that you'd be represented so incredibly well and so truthfully and so authentically and so so purely in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Wow, wow. Amen. Wow. Wow. I can really feel Holy Spirit moving. Wow. We agree. We agree. Wow. I told you you'd be empowered today, guys. <laughs> so... Darren, thank you for giving us your precious time and some of these pearls of wisdom and the perspective that you've got right now. It's just like fresh oxygen coming straight from God, isn't it, at the moment, breathing through us all, decluttering us from the ways of the past and the impact of the warfare, standing us up strong again, right, strong again, freshly empowered with the truth of who we are and the truth of what the future is. Right, it's a glorious future. He's coming back for a bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, and an earth that's fully restored. Right, Jesus descended and then he ascended, Ephesians 4, right, to bring about the restoration and fulfillment of all things and to have that restored partnership with him again. That that Edenic life restored. Yay, Jesus. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It's always amazing talking with you. Absolutely. Can't wait to have you come back to Eden here. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> well, have the most amazing week, guys, and can't wait to be with you again next Monday. God bless. We have made warfare so complicated, but it's not. We've been in the mindset quite largely of a big God and a big enemy, but we don't have a big enemy. Our enemy was created by God, and he is now defeated. And because of that, we don't live for victory, we live from victory. Armchair Warfare is all about learning how to live victoriously from the internal seat of rest. You're not just gonna learn truths in this course, you're gonna be empowered to walk in the fullness of your identity and your authority. You are gonna walk in the revelation of who Jesus is as King, and that as King, he now resides inside of you. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he birthed a new creation. Through this course, you are going to enter into the experience of that as your reality.